Welcome to TF. It is me, it's Riley. It's the free one. You figured it out, huh? I did, yeah. <laughs> I've been looking at the calendar today. Uh-huh, Let uh, me tell you, you, it is the free one. You solved all those riddles that Riley set? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he, he basically he swung over that pit of crocodiles, uh, yeah, yeah. climbed that tree, uh, jumped over that, uh, you know, that quicksand. I have a mouth, but do not speak. I have a bed, but do not sleep. What am I? Hussein Kazvani. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, he's uh, he Hussein is not joining us today. Of course, he is uh, in, in his bed, not sleeping, uh, reading the manga that he has written on his own duvet cover. However, I have a uh, studio update for everyone. Uh, a thing uh, that happened. A funny thing happened on the way to the podcast recording studio. The studio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I pseudolus, and I am somewhat of the pseudolus in this particular story. Okay, um, I, I entered the room. Uh, the, the oh fuck yeah! This... Recording space, mm. uh, and then so out... a, a, key, a key element of geography here to understand is that we, much like in a sort of like a music recording studio, we have a soundproof enclosure, and then we have a window, and then on the other side of that window, there's like an editing station where the mixer is. Now I was sat there editing Masters of Our Domain, uh-huh. and I, I I thought, oh hey, there's my good friend Milo. I'm gonna walk up and say hello to him. Yeah, through the window. Now, also bear in mind, Riley is in the soundproof studio where the lights are off, so it's completely <laughs> dark in there, and I am sat in the brightly lit room adjoining it. And so, as far also, as I'm it concerned... Is, it is soundproof. He could not hear me. Yeah, a the, 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 fucking ghostly apparition just, like, presses his face up to the window and waves at me. Well, I lost lights, my ever-loving shit. If the lights had been on, it would have just been the end of The Graduate, but instead, yeah. you, you just had this horrifying experience. Oh, I had headphones on to i was like fully engrossed in podcast <laughs> editing i was listening to hussein talk about tenet yeah you know what happened is you made a, a noise i shit you not that sounded like you doing an impression of mickey mouse <laughs> it was kind of like oh <laughs> yeah uh, do you know when you're so frightened by something you sort of forget to make a normal noise <laughs> yeah and just no, just whatever the fuck comes out of you and in that case it was oh <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were about to be like killed by the thin man <laughs> yeah exactly slender man's come for me yeah so uh now anything you hear from milo <laughs> Riley's like you thought i was slender yeah Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh i do go on I, I, I'm so excited to be, uh, to be this generation's slender man instead of this generation's midsize could probably work out a bit more man. Hate it yeah, when the burly man say, comes for me. If you say the name of a techwear brand three times, Riley will appear in your house. Mm, oh man, you sent me you sent me that one techwear brand that I can only describe as like Rick Owens deciding to be inspired by Final Fantasy VII. Mm. What was it called? Oh, uh, well, that sounds like Hamkus, but what you're describing is Volaback, which is yeah. the, um, uh, the, the the sort of goofy Elon Musk worshipping techwear thing, where they make entire jackets out of copper because they think that that's cool. Yeah, well, uh, if you want to be more conductive. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get struck by lightning, then buy uh, a, an 800-pound copper jacket, stand in a thunderstorm, mm. and curse God. Um, yeah, that's right. see, see how it works out for you. Yeah. No, there was one that starts and, with a D that you sent me. A D. That I sent you. 
Anyway, regardless, mm. very funny. To yeah, me. this is now the Techware podcast. <laughs> no, this all is of us are named Antoine now. We're all yeah. uh, like Errolson Hugh is here. He's not talking, but he's here. Um, this is the we're, podcast we're, where we're... we advise you to go out in a storm and offend Zeus. <laughs> we're all zipping our jackets back onto the backpack straps that they all have in them. We're having a lovely time. It's great. It's a great time. No, well, I, I think I could have really scared totally... Milo a bit more. Totally unlistenable Techware podcast because mm. all the microphone picks up is the sound of synthetic fabrics against the microphone just crinkling. Oh yeah, nice. Well, no, so it's it's not that. It's TF. And uh any joke you hear from Milo today is gonna have the extra free saw of recent terror attached to it. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um once the adrenaline's up, you know, that's where the comedy mm. comes from in the comedy glands. Yeah, I, I am a survivor of a mild jump scare. <laughs> We're Where's start my parade? There should totally be a parade for the survivors of mild jump scares. <laughs> there should, yeah. Oh, I got pranked good. It would be it would, there would be an enforced quiet over the city. Mm, no, sorry. You yeah. would just go down a very short street mm. and then you know scurry off and mind your own business, hiding in a little hole. Like the opposite of a reclaim the night march because we're too scared to go out at night. We're just going out in the middle of the day. <laughs> no, uh, so we got some stuff for you today. We have uh, some some I- some items some items that have been transpiring. Uh, I have a little more to say about MakerDAO, uh, as the planets came into their once every 135 year alignment where I, I take, uh, feedback and input, uh, and someone, um, I, I, someone on Patreon sort of commented, like, uh, there are a number of things about MakerDAO that are, uh, we did not discuss on our episode with Molly. Shut up, I don't or, care. I'm never discussing. gonna read the comments. Do not correct me. Um, um. Yeah, uh, so I want to be very clear. Unless it's going to be this good and relevant, uh, do not tell me. Uh, do not tell me anything. But in this case, mm. it was good. It was good, and I'm going to talk about it. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about Satoshi Island, the uh, cryptocurrency mm. paradise that is being created off of Vanuatu, formerly but- Little Saint James. It's actually formerly uh, Lataro uh, Island, which is ninety percent a wildlife reserve for coconut crabs. Oh. Coconut crabs, yeah. Coconut crabs. Mm. I think they're quite Sounds fearsome. Delicious. Uh, fearsome, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh no! Aren't coconut, aren't coconut crabs the crabs that ate Amelia Earhart? Mm. Uh, I'm allergic to crabs anyway, so any crabs are fearsome to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel certain that a, that a coconut crab is the crab that ate Amelia Earhart. Do not at me if I'm diverting from its usual diet of coconut. Well, they're huge. They're enormous. Like, if you're making a cryptocurrency based, like, they eat those coconuts whole. It's crazy. (laughs) If you're making a cryptocurrency based society on an island, like, you're cracking open your skull like a coconut to drink the milk inside. But then finding there's very little milk, unfortunately. Mm, Well. Coconut oh, crabs. Those are pretty big lads. Yeah. They're, they're huge. Anyway, I, I can't wait for all those Bitcoin people to uh, move into their house. Yeah, That's cool. Um, and be eaten by the giant crab, the bored crab club. And then <laughs> a crab doing the pussy eating gesture. I don't think they could. <laughs> I don't that know. They've got a yeah, that with the, with the pencil. Yeah, just what right tongue? The... But verily, what? Socrates, what tongue? <laughs> I don't rightly know about the tongue, Socrates. <laughs> Wait, which is that? Which one of us is Socrates? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's like waiting for Godot. Yeah. Socrates isn't here. Ah, but, but Glaucon, uh, yeah. is the pussy-eating gesture truly the pussy-eating gesture yeah. if there is no I'm tongue? I'm Glaucon, you're Crito, uh, <laughs> and Alice is Euthyphro. Yeah, That's right, right. yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, an- Alternatively, you're Vladimir, you're Astragon, and I am Godot. No, you're the tree. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, so. Vladimir and Estrogen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a great Alice screen name. Uh, if you, uh, you know what? 
if you're seeing Alice with that screen name, this is where she came up with it. Est- Estragon is femboy Aragorn. Yeah, there you right. go. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about some stuff. We've, we've dithered and delayed for, for far too long. And we have a lot of mm. stuff to talk about because I really want to get to the article today because, boy, it's fun. It's a mm. lot of It's a real window into the brain madness of a certain kind of columnist that's coming mm. a lot more the, to the fore recently. The same kind of window into the brain madness that you could get if your skull had been opened by a coconut crab. Or that you could see me emerging behind and do a little Mickey Mouse yelp. That's right, yeah. What if a coconut crab had appeared in that window? You'd probably oh, be scary, terrified. I'm sure. Well, you'd be, you're allergic. You would have been terrified on two levels once you figured out what it was. No, I'd be like, thank God for that pane of glass. Mm. So, Oh, they can break through a pane of glass. I mean, if a, a coconut relative to a pane of glass, easy. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, Rishi Sunak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> crab enthusiast Rishi Sunak. Coconut crab enthusiast Rishi Sunak, uh, a sometime chancellor of the UK. Um, <laughs> it's very funny. Chancellor. I, I don't want to talk about this too much, and we won't, but uh, it has now been leaked that he was like personally responsible. He stood in front of the big uh, uh, sort of convoy that said, uh, you know, energy bill relief mm. and said no. He stood athwart the money and said no. Um, Classic. Which is very also, amusing. Right? They're, also, they're also coming after his mm. wife, which means uh, the, the possibility of Rishi Sunak hauling off and slapping somebody is getting higher yeah, every he's day. He's going to have to get out a little step, and like Emmanuel Macron. No, fuck, <laughs> uh, Nicolas Sarkozy had <laughs> the step. Go. Yeah, He's going to have to get out a little step well, and put it down short in front kings. of you. Yeah. The yeah. French love to elect a short man. They well, do. let's see. Let's see if that holds true. Mm. Um, yeah, and then, uh, although I, I, reg- I regret to inform everyone that I did see a picture of Rishi Sunak's wife today, and I'd be like, I, well, maybe, I, maybe I'd slap someone for that woman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, kind of nice with it. So, if you're listening, and, you know, want to get with a man who's got a different political career ahead of him. Yeah, that's and right. An allergy to crabs. Yeah, <laughs> Rishi Sunak now can't slap me, because I'm okay. saying his wife is nice with it. Okay, <laughs> alright, children. Uh, Rishi Sunak was uh, implicated by leak today as basically mm. being perfect, personally responsible for blocking energy bill relief. Like yeah, personally we talked about, we talked about the like treasury guys with like back tattoos of like uh, Ludwig von Mises. He's the guy. It was him. Uh, mm. it, we've now identified him like in a game of Cluedo. Yeah, he's um, got a back tattoo of a coconut crab. Yeah, well, terrifying. The, I, I, the reason I want to bring this up, right, is that is that once again, it's a situation where. If some policy is changed, then uh, there will be some claim that some intrepid journalist who who published this leak, who got this scoop, or that it was um, by some pressure from the opposition where none really or not much really is coming, uh, when it will be it will be somehow placed on the on the altar of our various democratic institutions, whether that is our uh, opposition party or in parliament or our adversarial press that have somehow made this thing happen. But the thing to remember is, don't forget, this is an argument between friends, and uh, they were essentially passed a note by someone in the other group. Yeah, this is Tory rat fucking, and it, it, it's also not only the um, not only the uh, the heating bills. It's also uh, his wife, uh, who we, we talked about previously, is uh, a, a non dom, which is weird because she looks like she dom the shit out of me. Um, she's she's <laughs> you legally that one in, huh? she's legally well, well so she, she's um. Not mm. legally resident in the UK for tax purposes, uh, or rather, she is, 
but it's not like her natural yeah. home. Non, non-domiciled can... status enables you to, and I believe it's assets and money that you make offshore if you don't bring them into the UK to not pay UK tax on and them. Is that if right? If you want to hear more about that, check out the bonus episode uh, we did with Kojo Korab, where we talk about the ex- what those laws are and their history. Hmm. I'm yeah, sure they're it's, applied it's... very fairly. <laughs> That's the other thing, right? Is, um, you know, it, it's... could. All you'd have to do, how they pick this guy for chancellor, where it's like all you have to do is not claim that status for like a couple of years, or pick someone who is less implicated in all of the financial shit that everybody fucking hates to be the face of it. But you couldn't. You couldn't just do it a little bit less. You had to have it. You had to have the the non dom wife. You had to have the chancellor that doesn't understand how to, to non dom wife. How to how to use a contactless card. You just you couldn't. You, they just couldn't bring themselves to lower to just turn it down a little bit because they're just piggies for yeah, it. Uh, yeah, and they were right to because it's going to turn out not to matter at all. Like oh, this is as we've mentioned an entirely like internal conservative conversation that is being conducted through the national press. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you are like powerless to do anything about it, or even really say anything about it. Um, so you know the, the sort of the cost to the Tories institutionally from this very low. I yeah, suspect, of course. I think it's uh, more just like a, how do you not see that this would happen from an individual perspective? How, you don't how- have to. You, you don't have to see if shit's going to happen if it's not going to matter. Yeah, that's true. Like you don't. You don't have to predict like the individual constellation of bugs that are going to end up on your windscreen when you're driving down the motorway. But well, like, will. okay, fine. But like, it's it's fine. You just you just push the big like manufacturer consent windscreen wiper and it's just gone. It's fine. Okay, Stalin's going to have to get up and say, "Look, this is a disgrace. The decision to block energy bill relief should have been taken by a committee." <laughs> Uh, an- another thing in UK news I want to discuss before we get to the tech stuff uh, is that I- I- I've held off talking too much about the Channel 4 thing as well. But again, a new piece of information has arisen that I find, you know, too, sort of too, just too perfect in terms of like, um, again, uh, these sort of ideological, cultural uh, vandalism being perpetrated sort of currently. So Nadine mm. Dory's um, noted uh, uh, erotic novelist uh, and in her... In her sort of, um, in her, in her uh, great uh, experience, right, as a writer of, uh, you know, bodice-ripping erotic novels, um, like Harlequin romances or whatever, uh, has now, they've said, okay, well, you're just in charge of this the culture. This novel is a danger to your bodice. Do not, <laughs> do not read if you're wearing an expensive bodice. <laughs> they, they put her just in, and remember, so for American listeners, is how you get put in charge of stuff is like, you're like, oh yeah, you've been the MP for, I don't know. Lewis for 30 years why don't you have a go at managing the health system um mm. why and so, not why not indeed yeah the mp for martin lewis <laughs> and so uh so nadine dory's is yeah just been like uh, yes uh it's just been sort of put gone who's just been a tory mp for a while has been very yeah, loyal to it, boris in, in, incidentally is one of the more like vengeful and petty tories and as such mm. uh perfectly positioned to use uh, any sort of mis- ministerial post, but especially CMS, as uh, sort of an, a, a large grindstone to grind a series of axes that she's stored up over the mm. past 30 years. Well, you've got to sharpen those axes somehow. So she's basically selling Channel 4, which is a, again, for American listeners, is uh, it's, it's a it's a, it's a state broadcaster. It's like the, it's like but, the BBC, but except less staid 
you, the taxpayer doesn't pay for it, and yeah. you can see tits on it sometimes if you're yeah. lucky. So they they ba- what they do is they it's a commissioner organization. They don't make their own stuff, um, and ba- and it's very popular. Most people like it. Uh, and what's very funny, right, is that Nadine Doris is like, yeah, well, proceeds from the Channel Four sale, this thing that you know invests in making a lot of in- independent stuff from around the country, not just London. Um, this proceeds from the sale of the one organization where you could reasonably sell those kinds of creative uh, products will be invested in like a one-time cash infusion for independent directors and creative skills. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, good. Are we or are we not independent creative skills? Because I think we should get a seat at the table here. I think we should get some of some of Channel 4's like uh, largesse. Well, because I think Nadine Dorries is remembering that old phrase, which is that, you know, if you teach a man a fish, he might not ever even actually successfully fish. Whereas if you give a man a fish, hey, he's going to eat for a day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which I think is a good way of looking at if, it. If, if you take a man's fishing rod and you throw it in the canal, um, then it'll greatly benefit other fishermen. That's right. It'll, it'll benefit the canal, which will now have a fishing rod. Yeah, and again, Downstream, like, if you will. They're like, yeah, we're going to sell it so it can compete with Netflix. As though the only thing holding it back from competing with Netflix, this like you know relatively like parochial British TV station, was that like it's just it's just not dynamic enough. Yeah, not the fact that it isn't able to lose billions of dollars of investor money every year. Also, Channel Four is about as dynamic an institution as you can get in the UK. Like it kind of makes a fetish of it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, like the, the sort of the culture that Channel Four likes to present uh, for itself is being a bit alternative, being a bit edgy, right? And honestly, it's one of the few mass market things in British media that, like, does that at all. And now it's just going to be like, uh, yeah, no, we gave all your money to, like, um, a TikTok uh, shopping hall, girls. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 mark my words, is that we're going to get some shows on Channel 4 in the next, like, once the privatization goes through, we're going to get some uh, Quibi-level shows. Ooh. On there, maybe they'll buy the Quibbies, and we can we can watch Quibby on terrestrial TV in the UK. Yeah, Finally. that would be really cool. Um, Channel Four can be buried with its golden arm. Yeah, that's right. That's like the golden arm of the state. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean, mostly what I think is happening is yeah, just like you, know, you you put these people in charge of everything, and they're just taking revenge on all the institutions they feel haven't been excited enough about them in the last several years. Yeah, and, and like it's quite easy to be rude to Nadine Doris. Uh, fun and justified, too, because she's awful and also very stupid. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're sort of now in a sort of authoritarian thing where we're like, oh, we can just shut down a TV station that makes fun of me in a way I don't like, which is yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also this running thing of how like the the Tories have this like complete bloodless commitment to austerity, even even beyond the stated aims of austerity, which is to like save the taxpayer money or to like balance the books or whatever, because they have these things on the books that like make money, like mm-hmm. Channel Four or like the Royal Mail back in the day or whatever, and they're like, No, we have to sell them off because even though these are actually profitable businesses which we own us owning things is wrong, and it shouldn't be allowed, and actually the government should have less money, even though that's against the logic of austerity, by selling these things off. We're running it like a British business. Exactly, yeah. by destroying it. Of course. Yeah. yeah they are, Everything they... should be shit. This country's shit is supposed to be shit, and oh if you don't like God. it, you can fuck off. You know what it is? It's, it, it's like the Tories are just like Maoist third-worldists. 
That's the yeah. only explanation. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, we've we've already talked about how like my little theory of how the conservatives are actually like a deep, deep Maoist plot to provoke a revolution that we just haven't provoked. This just yeah, m- more more grist to the mill. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Oh, so also also all of the transphobia got worse. Oh right, yes, of course. Uh, that uh, that also did happen. Um, with the with the but essentially there was a a vote to ban. I, mean, I want to talk about this like more fully on a subsequent episode. Yeah. But, but like, yeah, suffice, yeah. suffice it to say for the moment that uh, I'm a contentious issue on a bipartisan basis now. Ooh. Uh, B- Boris has managed to come out and say, uh, I-, I don't think trans women should compete in women's sports, which is, yeah, Chase the Headline King, whatever. Um, and, and at the same time, we have Keir Starmer going, uh, well, actually, I-, I-, I don't know what I think. And if I-, if I did know what I think, it would be something that was pleasing to both sides because it's a very contentious issue. Well, it, it, what, he used to just repeat the text of the law. Essentially, and yeah. Now he's not even doing that. No, love, love care. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell Boris Johnson on trans women just by getting him in a room and explaining to him that trans women are a type of women that he can't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna display some Tory flexibility and come out and just be like, go from full trans rights from yeah. zero to a hundred. Chase, chase a Boris Johnson. Mm. Uh, I, I hate that you were standing by the lathe that we mm. keep in the studio yeah. when you said that. Cracking stuff. You heard about this? Used to be chaps. Now they're women. <laughs> Bloody fantastic. We're improving the ratio of the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So. I mean, and and this also is all coming hot on the heels of like a a con- a gay conversion therapy ban that specifically excluded trans conversion therapy. Yeah, which th- oh. th- then Im- imploded the government's flagship LGBT conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, also the EHRC has been doing some more shit. So go back and listen to our episode about that particular yep. institution. Uh, to, so you talk about how that got hijacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just in general, uh, shit's bad. It's not mm-hmm. good. Oh. Uh, That's right. Maybe uh, I'm, I'm, hmm. maybe there's something we could look. Maybe make maybe this new information I have about Maker Dow could help potentially. Yeah, maybe. You know. I, I you know I'm up for almost anything that leads into a segue to the next segment of the podcast. Do you think that we could um you know as as Trash Future cunningly apply for some government funding to set up a trans conversion therapy center that makes you trans? Exploit think, the wording think, of the I law. I think we, I think we could, uh, should, must, yeah. and will mm. do uh-huh. that. That's right. Yeah, of course. So we could, we could. Doctor Kasvani is now <laughs> is, is now taking appointments. Yeah, the, the the spooky the spooky room where I scare Milo. We could do like you know. Mm. Yeah, perfect. All right, done. Well, let's. In addition to being an oil warehouse, which I forgot that we still <laughs> we are. We can't make you trans, but we can't make you scared. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so. There's a, a basically the, what I what what this listener sort of informed me about MakerDAO was that um, it's not just uh, the Huntington Valley Bank that is sort of collateralizing real world assets in these things. Um, and for example, there is a, a they've tokenized a number of things, including freight obligations. So like using uh, Maker to create credit lines um, that are against tokenized freight invoices and supply chain financing solutions. So basically, please, please tell me that a class one railroad is getting in on this. Tell me that Norfolk Southern or CSX has now had to like agreed to transport your ape. Uh, well, mm. uh, this is so far, so far. This is these are tend to be like startups that deal with this stuff that then get the assets from somewhere else. Mm. Uh, another one is you American agricultural real estate. So you basically take a farm, right, 
and then you sell it, you put, give it to a trust, and then the trust sort of tokenizes the farm and puts it in the vault. Um, turns your farm into an ape. Yeah, it turns your farm into an ape. Mm. We're um, growing apes, boys. Yeah. And so, like, and, and so what you get really is the income from a rented farm property, right, is then collateralized against, like, and put in the vault and used to create die, right? But the funniest one, yeah, is just, uh, is just, just a supply chain financing firm. Cool. Right? So you take the supply chain obligations, collateralize them, and again, use it to pump out crypto that you switch for dollars. And again, definitely, definitely um, a winning combination yeah. of supply yeah. chain finance and dodgy crypto stuff. <laughs> two things which have never precipitated huge financial problems on their own. So surely when combined... Must be extra safe. And, and there also, are no- a, yes, a villain from a previous se- season of Trash Future coming back. Supply chain finance. Simple country Bitcoin miner. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just out here in the country literally doing the calculations on... Uh, just doing the calculations by hand. <laughs> Working it out. Mm. I, mean, look, there's an, I mean, there's another company in Dallas that's like, you know, using a bunch of single-family homes in the Dallas area. And again... Mm collateralizing them on via this block collateralizing them and then putting the, 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 the collateral in the vault and i think the thing that this hit home for me and why i'm bringing it back up again is to remember like in the event of a of a price like not even a crash of ethereum to nothing but if it just loses a significant amount of value which is a volatile cryptocurrency it will then if the value basically like that if the value of um if the if the value of your collateral right that's why you have to over collateralize. If if your value of your collateral gets too low, because you like usually you'd sell it for an Ethereum token or whatever, then it gets liquidated, right? Hmm. So a and lot you have of to call in all of those loans anyway. Yeah. So a lot of these you know physical things, right? Again, more bits of it that more people are depending on. Maybe you oh no my the the apartment in Dallas I'm living in has been collateralized and a part of Maker. Then maybe your landlord changes abruptly because your home has been. Or your your because your home has been sold in as part of a uh a, a, what is essentially yeah, a a collateral call. My landlord's on... been to the Trash Future Trans Conversion Therapy <laughs> Center. Let's <laughs> come back a landlady. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. No, I, I think it's uh, but I think it is worth going back into because it's like it's not just through the Huntington Valley Bank. The Huntington Valley Bank worries me because it's more systemically connected to the rest of the system, uh, systemically connected to the rest of like the economy. Right, because sure. of its exposure to, like, you know, the um, the deposit other, insurance, other, other, other banks, other mostly, banks. But yeah. Also, exactly. it's like more geographically linked because it's going to be a bunch of shit in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, rather mm. than like one apartment development. Yeah, but it's just Great. it's that anywhere this thing can, because it's so hungry to be fed collateral to turn it into stable coins, algorithmically balanced stable coins, that you're essentially sort of taking more chips of just real, actual stuff that matters. And putting it on the table uh, that says uh, Ethereum can't go down, basically. I mean, mm. makes sense to me. Yeah, why not? Let's more real Sounds stuff. Sounds good. More real stuff, in my opinion. All right. Anyway, I want to talk about Satoshi Island, formerly Satoshi Island. Satoshi Island, home of the coconut crap. Uh, well, uh-huh. so it is a 32 million square foot private island located in Vanuatu, near Australia and Fiji. And the island was itself purchased by uh, a holding company called Sadoshi Island Holdings Limited. Um, oh, I can see why they bought that island. That's right. Uh, yeah. you know, it, was, it was meant to be. Nominative determinism. Yeah. And um, 
Basically, right. Yeah, they, they, they narrowly outbid, I'm very scared of coconut crabs, LLC. <laughs> Milo, I didn't know you had an LLC. Yeah, they pulled out at the last minute after making a mystery <laughs> discovery about the island. <laughs> uh, so, th- basically, the idea here is they want this 32 million square foot island to become like a country, like a, a state within Vanuatu. Okay. But that is entirely tokenized. Everything. 100% mm. of it. Um, it. It's like a... It's like a but like Britain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Entirely mm. tokenized. And a, pa- a tropical paradise, much like Britain as well. That's right, yeah. Full of crabs. Different kind, but still. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, this goes on. It says, the press release says, it is intended to become a home for crypto professionals and enthusiasts. Love to be a crypto enthusiast t- to the point that I move to an intentional Vanuatu, community. Vanuatu, yeah. Mm. A, an intentional community that's several thousand miles by boat or plane from anywhere else, right? Like, Other than like the one thing that crypto relies on is like massive supplies of electricity and also a fast internet connection, which I imagine are two things which it's quite difficult to get on an island in the South Pacific. You know how in Pitcairn Island, right, which is a, like a, one of these tiny, tiny British dependencies in uh, in mm. the South Pacific, um, like everyone there is essentially descended from a handful of mutineers, uh, and this led to. Shall we say some uh, some bad effects down the line, right? Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just picturing this like plus two hundred years, but the original founders are all crypto guys, <laughs> and I think I think uh, loads of depravity as yet unimagined. Yeah. Also, wasn't it the case that crypto uh, fuck that uh, Pitcairn Island went on to become something of a nonce hotspot? Yes, that was what I was alluding to. Uh, Which, um, you know, I imagine a crypto island could probably get there quite a bit faster. Turbo nonsense. The thing is, you're talking about 200 years, but remember, this is like, they're trying to tokenize and economize every social interaction, have no taxes, and assume that stuff like, you know, water provision is just going to, like, happen via free exchange. So 200 years Mm. is optimistic for (laughs) them having (laughs) a consistent... Maybe they could, like, you know, become sort of... They could they could go so libertarian that they sort of in about five years or like in one generation become an uncontacted tribe. Um, oh yeah, cool. So the the island we can only people. hope. So that's I, what happened with those islanders. You know the guys with the bow and arrows. What are they called? Sentinel islanders. Yeah, sentinel islanders. Yeah, they they actually they're remnants of a previous human civilization which invented cryptocurrency, and then they went to that island to become a crypto community. So it's like it's like like a Bitcoin but in Roman numerals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone died off except then, and then we all started again from the prehistoric phase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, after years Join of preparation, a green light from the Vanuatu <laughs> Ministry of Finance, by the way, Vanuatu makes half of its national budget every year from selling $130,000 citizenships. Um, awesome. And all approvals in place, Satoshi Island is now ready to be developed into a real-world crypto economy, finally, and blockchain-based democracy. It will contain several, quote, NFT zones, also known as neighborhoods. Oh, also known as me. neighborhoods. We've invented the neighborhood. Cool. Uh, surrounding a, lo- a central grassy patch emblazoned with the Bitcoin logo. Oh, no. Oh, I, I mean, that, that. That, that grass is just going to die immediately because none of these guys will think to maintain it or get anyone else to maintain it. Oh, absolutely not. They, they also have, like, just zero aesthetic taste. That's what I love about the crypto people. Everything's like, yeah, what if the grass had the Bitcoin logo? It's like, hey, what if you fucking had a shower, buddy? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, basically, like, so they'll, they'll grant, like, a couple thousand foreign national citizenship a year. Uh, among the ones they, they granted in 2020, this is from The Guardian, 
uh, were <laughs> an Italian businessman ex- ex- accused of extorting the Pope. <laughs> how? Of, of of what? Why? What? 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 Confident? Oh, oh! I see immediately. What confidential information? Uh, you could- yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's not even really that confidential, is it? It's just like no. And uh, South African brothers accused of a three point six billion dollar <laughs> cryptocurrency heist. South African brothers. Yeah. So <laughs> they basically, yeah, they they make most of their money. It's a it's a it's a country of several tens of thousands of people that Jerk makes most Dirk of its money selling citizenships <laughs> to like yeah Italians who try to extort the Pope. And then, awesome. And now they're like, we're gonna put the Bitcoin island here, which actually Dirk, is perfect. Dirk Vanderklok, uh, really the silent partner in that relationship. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, my brother and I are going to Vanuatu for the job. <laughs> so yeah, doing a little bit of mining, if you know what I mean. Uh, and so it, it's been owned by a property developer called Anthony well, it's been Welch. Owned by a lot of people, I think now. Right. Mm. Um, and they they basically like um, they, they they these two property this property developer and his wife have just owned it for years and now mm. have sold it to the Bitcoin people. Uh, but after they um. But they've said, we're trying to build a community. Um, he said, this, and despite the fact that the small island currently has, remember how you said you needed like internet and stuff? Yeah. Well, it has no electricity or oh. water or oh. phone or internet. I'm guessing cool. it doesn't have like a, an airstrip then. Well, no. No. So, 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 so what it has then is, is, is a dock, right? And mm. then, so, so, so you get the boat to it from somewhere that does have an airstrip. I presume. Uh, I don't know if it has a. Just, just plug this this fucking island into Google Maps for me and go get directions. So you have to do like you. a uh, like a World War Two landing craft type situation. You know, get out yeah. of the, boat in the shallow water and wade up there. I think you're having to do like an Indiana Jones sort of like red red dot okay. along map kind of situation. So there are the, there are some sort of there are some buildings on the island. Well, because it's a private island, like they have like generating electricity, but there's no right, main okay. electricity and there's all. no water. No. It's okay. all like stuff that you put in your rich person private island house. Right. Uh, they say, you know, weird temple. <laughs> uh, mm. So whatever else Jeffrey Epstein had on Little St. James Island. Uh, the yeah. crypto, the crypto paradise. My partners want to build is a really cool idea. It's a wonderful use of a place we have been able to live on for twelve years. Uh, the key issue was trying to find a government that would permit a society to exist entirely on the blockchain. <laughs> what does that even mean? It doesn't. You have to exist in the real world. You can't exist on the blockchain. Outer heaven. You're a thing. You have to breathe. You, what the fuck are you? You have to like eat food and take shit. But that's what are like, you talking about? But that's kind of the ideology here, right? This idea that, well, that everything I, I can just going to understand myself, you know, in terms of I'm just going to understand myself in terms of a series of transactions. Things that can be optimized and monetized and all this stuff. I'm going to understand all of my interactions with others as things that could be improved by transacting. Uh, I'm going to imagine all of my interactions with my daily needs as things that I could, I could, be, I could microtransact for because presumably I'm going to be the recipient of so many transactions that I will be able to transact for everything else that they are the, yeah. where they're the it, recipient of mine. It, it definitely won't be the same thing as NFTs where it's just like five guys trading with themselves. Yeah. And the crucial thing is, five guys trading with themselves can make a number go really high. Oh, yeah. But it can't necessarily clear a patch of land. Hmm. You need oh. another guy to do that. No, oh, you, no. Need, 
you need Jerk Vanderclark to do the plot of Far Cry 3 for you. Um, <laughs> that's right. So I've been hard to pacify the local population of a crypto island. It was very the local easy. population is yeah, they were like crabs. three guys, they're all millionaires. They they surrendered immediately. <laughs> as soon as I showed them I had a gun, they were like, Why man? What the fuck? Just take it. We, we don't three care. three guys and five hundred thousand crabs. Yeah, that's right. Add a little bit more trouble with the crabs. So- you ever seen a seven six two round bounce off a crustacean? <laughs> I fucking have. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shirt's idea of, of Jerk Vanderklok beating a crab to death with another crab. It made the fucking depleted uranium, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> the key issue was trying to find a government that would permit a society to exist entirely in crypto. Most countries... Isn't, isn't Vanuatu still a British dependency? Is this our fault again? Uh, no, no, it's just a country. It's a straight-up okay. country. Okay. Uh, most countries in the world, for example, the classic taste of country. Want to collect tax? <laughs> country classic. Therefore, they don't want crypto transactions because they can't monitor what, monitor what's happening. But Vanuatu has no income tax at all. Oh, great. Okay, please. Okay, so I've just looked up economy of Vanuatu. Um, can can I tell you what what uh, proportions uh, things are in in the Vanuatu economy? Please. 59.4% of the Vanuatu economy is uh, fish, right? Mm, okay. Thirteen percent of it is is tugboats. Ten uh-huh. percent is perfume plants. Two percent is cocoa beans. And I guess they're hoping that it the rest is going to be apes. Yeah, it's a, a bored ape. This is apes this, this is a, this is a country for whom selling their postage stamps is one percent of their GDP. Well, huh. it, because they're not and they're not going to levy tax. They don't levy income tax. So, no. like, they're just hoping, I guess, that, like, a, n- a bunch of people will move here and start pyramid schemes. Mm. It's, they want to be the pyramid scheme. Like, like, uh, like, Miami, they revealed the, like, mechanical-looking bull. Oh, yeah, like the, the cyber bull. bull, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, come to Miami, a city that is going to be the fucking Underwater. ocean floor yeah. in like 10 days <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm looking for i hope i live long enough to like scuba dive to see the crypto ball <laughs> so again it's like it's the same thing with like vanuatu like i, I can't imagine like lataro uh, let's just say, I, I feel like you know running all of those you know coal fired <laughs> bitcoin miners might cause uh, Lataro, the, uh, the the island with the coconut crabs and potentially all these crypto people on it some issues in the future but the other thing is, right, there are tens of thousands of people who've expressed interest in uh, spending um, uh, the hundreds of thousands of dollars to purchase the citizenship NFT. Matt Hancock, for example. Oh. Yeah. I hate the phrase citizenship NFT more than anything I've heard in the last couple of days. Service guarantees apes. Um, mm. And, like, I, I cannot tell. I literally cannot tell. If this is like if they spent ten million dollars on the island, knowing that like a lot of people would spend a lot more money on buying the citizenship NFTs because they want to come live on the island that you have no intention of developing, or if a lot of people are going to go and uh, starve to death in this remote, relatively inaccessible island, it's going to be like Fire Festival, but even dumber. Yeah, g- going out like a crypto Amelia Earhart. But I just, yeah, that's right. But I like, I just don't understand at any point what the point of this is. Like, what is the point of a crypto island where you sit around 
And the big, big government can't push you around. Yeah, there is no government. It's just a couple of yeah, You know what else there isn't? Electricity, <laughs> running water, stuff like that. Like you can the whole thing with crypto is you can do it anywhere and they themselves have said that the thing with crypto is the government can't really tell you what to do because it kind of operates outside of the existing financial structures and like traceability although that's maybe changing a bit. Yeah. So it's like Either you believe that crypto is this libertarian thing, in which case, why the fuck do you need to go and live on an island with a bunch of other freaks and die? Or <laughs> or it isn't. In going, which case, going... why the fuck do you care about it? Because it's utopian. In the, the... fairness, going to live on an island with a bunch of other freaks and dying is kind of like a good description of moving to Britain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's because it's a, it's got this fundamentally utopian uh, impulse. That's why like every project we talk about or at least it's, not like it's the like, DeFi it's one. Like, it's the same as it's it's seasteading, but with a more crypto angle. Like they try and pull this thing about like twice a year uh, at this rate, and it's like sometimes it has a more libertarian slant, sometimes it has a more tech slant. I genuinely was absolutely certain we had talked about this before because it's it's like not even a memorable number in terms of how many of these we've talked about. I've 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 fucking read about so many of these proposals they never pan out they never should pan out um and they they're always sort of like uh, traps and scams to 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 part idiots with their money and i, I think i think but, uh, if, you, if you want to start a real micronation in a place with no water and electricity go occupy a fucking sea fort like sealand oh yeah let's do that I, I, there is i think there is this it's it's i think that there's it's built this desire and i think that's it's accelerated with with sort of the crypt mm. the utopian nonsense of crypto it's accelerated this desire to escape and i think that's just that's mm. what it keeps selling is you know this this promise that you know things are bad you have been you you are essentially um crushed by forces all around you whether that is the, these institutions that seem so overbearing and what it, and but also these institutions that you know are designed to surveil and uh monitor and discipline uh, you are you are you're, you know you're being ripped off by your power company and all this stuff. You know that there are there there, yeah, there now, are now these, you can get ripped off by one guy with a generator who well, is the power company. Yeah, of course, but like it's the same reason why like all these sort of cults and and um and intentional communities developed in uh, like upstate New York in like the 19th century in the 18th and 19th century. <laughs> yeah, these guys are like the shakers, kind of. <laughs> well, because it's all it's it is you were living in a time that you were living in a way that is. That feels sort of so like you have been, you know, transported and alienated from, you know, any kind of community. Uh, you've been alienated from yourself. You're being, you know, having to live in these awful towns and work in factories or whatever. Um, well, you, know, you know who the, the most, you know who the most famous denizen of those New York uh, intentional communities was was uh, Charles Guiteau. So I'm looking forward to the next U.S. presidential assassin uh, having previously been on this island. Yeah, or, fun. or like uh, wearing, I don't know, like making the 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 pussy eating gesture while he. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, eating Joe Biden's pussy. That would be fun. On a long enough timeline, a U.S. president will get assassinated by somebody who has been photographed making a pussy eating gesture. That's, yeah, at, like, that's a just crypto party. Do you think John Wilkes <laughs> Booth? There's not a daguerreotype anywhere yeah, of him making a pussy eating gesture. Yeah, Marina Oswald making a fo- taking a photo of her husband making a pussy eating gesture with a rifle. Mm, yeah, sorry. Just, uh, it's the it's the Life magazine cover, but he's holding an iPad of a board. He's wearing a board ape hoodie. Yeah, nice. um, no, so look, I I think that it is 
based uh, the reason we're seeing this uptick in it's based in these like the you know apes in, in these and what is essentially and <laughs> no longer the uh, really like, religious dissenter communities of of like sort of you know 19th century America but of libertarian dissenter communities and um who are or are what what they want right is they heard this wonderful thing right that that the economy that that we have set up the neoliberalized economy the the economy of Hayek it promises you freedom and they have lived by the sort of the whatever sort of religion you want to ascribe to that right whatever commitment they have to that and they've lived with it but then it has been you know debased and it has been uh, the, the promises aren't borne out and so of course if you're a true believer in it that you are going to, as happened here, as happened in the you know colonization of America as well, right? Escaping these, escaping something to try to find the pure version of what you know it's supposed to be about. You think they're Hayekian Salafists? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they are. They absolutely are. They because they 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 were promised Hayek, but they feel like they're on the road to serfdom anyway, and so they're trying to escape. And it it is this attempt to escape and establish community based on what they think are the real grounded principles that everyone else has misunderstood. You know, because if everyone understood them properly, then they would have the life of freedom that they believe that they deserve and could get. But they don't. Yeah. And so, of course, if someone says, I've got a private island uh, where I've agreed with James Law Cybertecture, who is the architect they got to design the, like, the identikit housing, right? And everything's going to be on the blockchain. There won't be any of these institutions impinging on your freedom. There won't be you, you any know, of that. You know what's really going to impinge on the, the, the houses and their freedom in a minute is the fucking ocean. Or the coconut crabs. Yeah, all the coconut crabs, yeah. yeah. I, Which are only going to yeah. move further inland the more the ocean impinges. I mean, the, high, the highest elevation on Satoshi Island is 88 meters above sea level. So, yeah, no, enjoy your new wading pool houses. <laughs> Awesome, um, cool. Yeah, I mean, also, again, everything's going to be on the blockchain, apart from the running water and electricity, which won't uh, be there at all. Yeah, but but the, the idea is that if you just introduce an, a free enough market where there are low enough transaction costs and no institutional frictions, these things will be planned. You could make them together and there, need, there needn't be anyone in charge of the electricity because every the emergent wisdom of the crowd that again like mm. hayek has promised right sure yeah that's all just going to be governing it and it's going to be all of us together voting on things to do with our various tokens and buying and selling them from one another and Wait, so on. well it's it's just the laugh curve right because if you lower the age of consent enough eventually electricity <laughs> just springs from the ground <laughs> uh, so this is this is from the actual like uh, an in-depth. This is from the article from Bitcoin.com, which I re- a website I read, so you don't have to. Oh wow! Uh, uh, which is an in-depth look at Satoshi Island. They say Satoshi Island citizenship is the ultimate NFT for any aspiring Satoshi Islander. Provides the holder with exclusive. What? I benefit. mean, immediately a baffling sentence. Satoshi Island citizenship is the ultimate NFT for any aspiring Satoshi Islander. Presumably, yes. That's like saying, I don't know, like owning a Primark jacket is the ultimate jacket for anyone who wants a Primark jacket. Do you want a Primark jacket, Milo? No. Okay, well. And and you know what else I don't want? (laughs) So, Satoshi Island is taking the next step in the evolution of NFTs by introducing a way to turn digital ownership into physical. Anyone can own a piece of the island by acquiring Satoshi Island land NFTs that can be bought and sold easily without any of the complications associated with the transfer of traditional real estate. Or any of the security. Or any of the running water. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Well, we've defied regulation and now you can be, you can 
buy this like wedge of land. Yeah. Fantastic. And so they, it, and, and then you get a house, of course. And all the houses, weirdly, are going to be the same because only one architecture firm is making them. Mm. So you can only get one kind of house. Question. Yeah. Um, so if my house catches fire, uh-huh. right, is that like, d- do I. Just sort of, do I wait for the market to provide me with a fire department, or I do I like then try and commoditize that fire? Uh, I think probably both. Okay. I, th- I think you'd commoditize the fire while you have it, and then the time it takes for the fire department to put it out is arbitrage. I see. Yeah. But in the meantime, then- you can go and have sex with the youngest person you can find. So, uh, and th- that that time until the fire department puts it out is forever. By the way. <laughs> or no, uh, uh, the sea level. Yes, yes. You know what? You make a great point. So each living quarter resembles the coconut crabs. Resembles a luxurious shipping container. Uh, Uh, We we fucking containerized the crypto guys. A luxurious shipping container. A a luxe modular shipping container, and is designed. It's one module. Get in the chew. Get in it. Get in the CHU. It's it's 60,000. What is these people's obsession with fucking shipping containers? I love that we've already had the discussion on here that, like, actually building dwellings in shipping containers is more expensive than just building them from scratch. I think they look like shipping containers. Uh, But they were were created by this firm called James Law Cybertecture in Hong Kong. It's a smart and sustainable glass walled block that can be combined and arranged into hundreds of different positions. It can be anything from a family home to a sprawling office space. Because remember, they want a lot of businesses here. Um, and they say, yeah, of course. And of course, all the energy that the island uses will be self-generated by way of renewable methods, including solar panels and specialized waste management systems. But then you look at the actual like ambition to the, um, to, as to what the thing's going to look like. And it's just identical. It's an identical drawing of like, you could just Google image search, reverse Google image search it. And it's identical to like every other one of these modules that ever gets like proposed. Um, but they say, you know, that, that it, it's, it's $60,000 per, but it get it's, it's like the only, it's the only, it's the only house you can get. See, that part's not on the blockchain. They it, just decided well, that's the only house you can get on this island. And, 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 and that is something that we on this podcast like to call communism. Mm. <laughs> communism is when you have running water and electricity. That's my understanding. That's right. Well, they say, they say, made for the crypto community, Satoshi Island, which again is, there's a picture on the website of like some laborers, like with some concrete and standing around some trees, right? Satoshi Island. Um, yeah, who is, are those guys going to be? Where well, are they going to get mm, the concrete from? Uh, I assume some kind of a DeFi transaction. Ah, mm. uh, okay. Yeah, they say, it's toys to become the crypto capital of the world, intended to bring together thousands of crypto professionals. Uh, but they say it's the ult- It's a place to live that's the ultimate constant networking opportunity. I mean, it really depends on what sort of people you're looking to network with. Crabs. Yeah, crabs. <laughs> if you're looking yeah. to meet lots of coconut crabs, then oh boy. You and then maybe, them. eventually, fish. Mm? <laughs> yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say is when talking about James Law Cybertecture, he says, to meet the goals of like, this is him being interviewed by a prestige magazine some years ago. To meet these goals, various like you know social and ecological goals, we need technology-driven architecture, which I call cybertecture. Uh, sure, yeah, absolutely, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I guess uh, Hold he- on, I think I have that. Yes, of course, I still have yeah. that. That's right. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, anyway, uh, and so that's that's where they're going to get. I mean, will everybody uh, who moved there? 
uh, die immediately. Uh, yes. Will they all get? Was it actually was it just a scam, and there was never an intention to move there anyway? Yes. Uh, this is all a plot by the coconut crabs who want to crack open their skulls and feast on the goo inside. Yeah, I thought all it was of these weird men that are the coconut invitation. crabs in suits saying like, yeah. "Yes, move to our safe island where there are normal levels of crabs." Yeah, I thought it was weird that the invitation was like, "Let's go, start an intentional community. Do not bring weapons." Okay. Yeah. All right. I want to. I want to read a brief article for the last of this because this is fun. Do not bring uh, crab hammers. While the crab, crab destroying devices, <laughs> as you will not need them since there are no crabs. Signed, definitely not a crab. So, this is by uh, okay. Do you know who Michael Deacon is? No. Uh, so Michael Deacon, uh, oh, is try basically he's trying to write like a satirical look at the news column. Oh, I hate this fucking sketch mm. bullshit. Great, um, excellent. Yeah, so he writes a, 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 that that column, right? Plus, like a feature column. So uh-huh. these are guys like like this is like this is a guy who's ri- his job is to like just kind of write his uh, let's say write his musings. And um, Alice, you and yeah. I sort of concluded as to what um, I have a theory about this. Yeah, and but, I think I, well, let's get into it, and then you can tell okay. me your theory. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm silencing women again. I, I think this guy's a crab in disguise. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, so, uh, this is from Michael Deacon's column, Way of the World, his satirical column. Again, he's trying mm. to um, make a... This is supposed to be uh, funny. Don't forget. The comment. J.K. Rowling is right. Woke men are ruining beards for the rest of us. What? Well, not long ago, you see, facial hair was all but ubiquitous. Now, innocent men risk being mistaken for insufferable left-wing beard splainers. Innocent men. Beard yeah. splainers. Okay, so I uh, mm, I, I want to okay. try. Let's see if we could, because this is supposed to be like this is something. It's supposed to be a satire. I think the satire yeah, is again on. Do it. He's doing an irony. He's doing a bit, and so we're triggered and owned if we get mad at him. I think mm. he's he's trying to sort of like try to own like a, a bearded version of Owen Jones. I think a bearded um, version of Owen Jones would be quite powerful. I yeah, think that's right. Uh, mm. Owen, get a beard. Uh, so yeah, he, he up, See how it looks. He writes in his comedy column. Gillette says that sales of his razors have shot up 30% in the last year. You may think mm-hmm. the reason is obvious. After letting themselves go during lockdown, men decided to smarten up and return to the office. I think the reason right. is actually very different. They decided to pull up their pants and go back to the office. <laughs> and listen to some real music. Yeah, like the big bopper. I'll have to read the, the, the sort of comedic bits of a newspaper and like do a sensible chuckle. Mm. So, uh, are we all ready for a sensible chuckle? Because here okay, it comes. Right. I-, I am readier than I've ever been in my life. Men simply daren't wear a beard anymore because they fear being mistaken for some insufferable woman-hating woke activist. <laughs> you can hear oh, him yeah, getting nice. mad. Yeah. You can hear him getting so mad when he's typing. <laughs> you, you, you have to, like, the, uh, generally speaking, I would say when you want to carry off a bit like that, you got to try not to get mad while you're doing it. Yeah, that's kind of a key element of the but, carrying off but the this, bit. But th- this leads me into my theory, right? Mm-hmm. My theory is that this guy is dark side Adrian Childs. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ooh. go into it. He has simply, he's noticed something, and it's like, it's bouncing around the walls of his mind, but unlike Adrian Childs, Adrian Childs is like, perfectly glossy, smooth, frictionless brain surfaces. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so he he'll perceive something, and it'll just slide straight through, and it'll make it into the form of a column where like Adrian Charles grapples with hearing the word roadman for the first time, mm -hmm. and goes, "Oh, interesting," and draws no. They're not even doing roadworks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be fun. Whereas whereas this guy has the sort of like enough of the sort of animating grit of like British spite that he's like getting mad at the thing as it's like occurring to him. And my that, question, that, I think my question to bearded woke men is do you want to use my toilet? <laughs> <laughs> There's no getting away from it. Of late, beards have become synonymous with a very specific type of man. At the weekend, JK Rowling gave them a name. Beard splainers. These are she, men she, who this is Oh, this is, she's just recycled that from fucking Graham Linehan of all people. Yeah, like J.K. Rowling weird... parroting something that Graham Linehan said. Come on, but genuinely though, this is like a weird turf bugbear, and to try and like smuggle it in under the guise of like uh, doing a faint irony—that's that's real weird. Well, I mean, it's real weird because I, I think that I'll, I'll go on. Uh, J.K. Rowling gave the name Beard Splainers. These are men who, despite purportedly to be, despite purporting to be impeccably progressive, appear to spend their every waking moment on social media belittling women. Uh, and without oh, no. exception, absolutely all of these men have beards. Just as punks have Mohicans and monks have shaved crowns, so too woke men will have beards. I think woke men should get a tonsure. I think that would be good. I think we should just start embracing that. Um, for, for me, this development is particularly distressing because I often have a beard myself. My look veers between <laughs> chubby George Michael and the full Captain Haddock. Yet now I suppose I'll have to go to the bother of shaving every morning. Otherwise, strangers will sh take me for some preening podcast plugging brochures. Podcast um, plugging. Well, here we go. This really, this really like um, that, what a fun little vignette about our times and our ways of living. You know. Of course. I enjoy the contrast between, like, uh, chubby George Michael and full Captain Haddock, which would be two fun additions to the kind of gay <laughs> twink otter bear taxonomy. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it was on reading that paragraph, right, that I, I've, I think I've, de I've, I've developed a further um, corollary to the, Alice, your theory that is that it, the, the distinction between him and Adrian Childs, which is that every British columnist is Adrian Childs. And that, yes. like, the nervousness of someone or anxiety of someone like Raphael Baer mm. um, keeps them from ever becoming full Adrian Childs. The contrarian impulse of Dan Hodges, his desire it's, to it do something like with a, his column. It's, it's like the, the, the sand in an oyster, right? It's, uh, that, that's how you get the pearls. Um, whereas Adrian Childs, of course, is, is, is a perfectly untroubled oyster who will never, ever create a pearl. Um, and yet he creates the greatest pearls of all. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and and, and so, too, so, so too do all of these other guys, like Raphael Baer's shoes column. Yeah. A classic. Yeah. An eternal classic. Iconic. A certified banger exists yeah. only because he briefly let his guard down and allowed himself to write like Adrian Childs. Yeah, that could have been written by Childs. Yeah, of course it yeah. could have. But it, and I think it's... And, and so this is... Michael Deacon is, I think, the closest... To Adrian Childs as his opposite, where Adrian Childs oh, is he's like his warrior. Yeah, he's he's dark Adrian Childs, and Adrian Childs is of course well, Adrian Wiles. A perfect <laughs> is as a perfect Zen existence, just drifting through his life, just observing things as they come up and allowing them to slip away. And you know, Michael Deacon, on the other hand, is sort of so he he is he is so close 
it's just he is unable to stop reacting. Well, so what's what's, mm. what's curious is that the childishness applies to all British columnists, irrespective of political affiliation, age, class, gender. Even I've read Liz Mayer columns that could have been written by Adrian Childs. Mm. It's it's truly it, it is a universal a universal truth, a grand unified theory of columnists. Yeah, it's it's at all call. It's it's not that being a columnist is a sickness. Mm. It's just that. Adrian Childs is trying the only to deny, yeah, trying columnist. to deny the childsness of your mm. of your job. That's the yeah. sickness. The yeah, human it's... condition is that our core. We are all childs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is uh, a child inside all of us. We're all childs of God here. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, also, hey, um, Childs Drin of God, uh, do you think it's time we pause for dinner? I yeah. think it's time we. Um, well, I have. Uh, four minutes until I can eat. So yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, we got we got some mm-hmm. Korean on deck coming into the studio. So I'm very excited about that. I'm also very excited about uh, is the live show still happening in the future from this episode? Uh, it's on the 28th of April. Yes, yeah, I would hope so. Yes, well, <laughs> we will. I hope April's not going to go that fast. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so God's man. Th- there it's might the seventh. If there, I, I don't if know. You're about, listening to this, it's I, no longer the seventh. No, but. of course it'll be <laughs> five days from. Four days. It will be some days from now um, when you're listening to this, and the live show will be some further days from yeah, that. Don't worry about it. If you're listening to this, hey, it's today. Yeah. Whatever today is. That's the day that today is. Yeah. This is the yeah. level of organization that my brain feels look, like all look the at time. Your phone. Now it's fasting. whatever that says. Uh-huh. So anyway, maybe there are tickets left to the live show. I don't know at it's this point. It's close to selling out. Yeah, they yeah. may they may or may not be. There's also the Britonology and Clogheads live show on the 3rd of May. The tickets for that are on the Trash Future website. Mm-hmm. You need to go to our store on the website. Go to the website. You need to website. navigate on over to the website. Yeah, do to open up your internet browser. Open up Netscape Navigator. <laughs> That's right. And type in HTTP. Yeah, you need to go yeah. to the Crypto Island. Yeah, you can get a ticket there. You can get an NFT of the ticket there, but you need to present a physical ticket so we know you own the NFT. That's yeah, right. Bo- yeah. Board Eight Pod Club. Yeah, that's uh, right. So yeah, that's happening. I'm sure Milo's got some dates. Uh yeah. Um, twelfth uh, of April, which is the. Sound like you're improvising week. this as you go. Yeah, it's today. If you're listening, it's today. <laughs> um, hey, today. There will be uh, a smoke comedy with Alex Keeley and Mickey Overman. I'm emceeing it. Why not come to that? Also, on the 1st of May, I'm getting my uh, 2019 tour show, Pindos, filmed. There's many tickets. Please come to that. The, the links to all these are on my website. On the 17th of May in Brighton, I'm doing my new show, Voicemail, favorite my favorite town in the UK. Uh-huh. You're going to get Comedia. a crystal? Um, oh, I do. There? I do want to go to Bristol. I just need to organize it. I've had you're many. Saying, do you want to? Get, are you going to get a crystal when you're in Brighton? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, get, get some Brighton Rock. Hang out by the pavilion. Yeah, I'm going to get some crystal meth. You want to get some white guy dreads? Anyone wants to smoke <laughs> illegal drugs with me? Illegally, do not smoke illegal Yeah, come to the Brighton live show. Um, all right, all right, all right. So you can say no. I don't smoke illegal drugs. That's right. And I'll be like, it was all a test. There are no illegal drugs here. Only these coconut crabs. <laughs> coconut crabs. Unleashing the coconut crabs on the audience. Yeah, these mm. drug sniffing coconut crabs. That's right. Okay. They're only oh, here to cop sniff with drugs. a coconut crab on a leash. <laughs> it's got a little vest on that says police on it. Adorable. I support the police crabs. <laughs> I, I welcome them. I, I would encourage them, though, to not crack open our heads and feast on the goo inside. <laughs> All right, bye, everybody. Bye. bye. <laughs>